Is there somebody in your life that you'd just like to get to know better? Think about this. Is there somebody, maybe somebody you work with or uh, somebody you know, somebody you're acquainted with that you just like to get to know better? I think we all have people like that in our lives. Uh, There's a guy that uh, I've gotten to know. Actually, I've gotten to know him through my brother. Um, He doesn't live here, but uh, he is, he's absolutely brilliant. And uh, he, he writes for a major uh, news magazine, comes out once a week. Literally millions of people read what he writes. And uh, he is, <laughs> he's unbelievably uh, politically connected, maybe not in a great way but because a lot of politicians don't like him. But I have a, a, a lot of admiration for him. A lot of admiration for his intellect. In fact, I'm going to have lunch with him Tuesday, and I'm really looking forward to being able to spend some time with him. I I like to get to know him better. I just like to get to know him a lot better. And I think a lot of us have people in our lives that are sort of like that, people that we want to get to know better. Uh, And, you know, I think... Most of us would say, most of us who know the Lord and love the Lord would say, you know what, I know him, but I want to know him better. Would that, would that be you? I hope it would be you. I know him, but I just want to get to know him better. And it's one of the great things about what we're doing together, at reading through the Word of God together uh, this year And then the opportunity that I have every week to preach to you from a text that we have read from that particular week. Uh, One of the great things that happens, and I hope you're beginning to discover this if you're on this journey with us. If you're not on this journey of reading through the Word of God together with us, I really want to encourage you to get onto that journey. Really, the whole, the whole point of what we're trying to do is to get more of God's people just in the Word of God every day. And guess what happens when you get into the Word of God every day? You begin to learn some things. You begin to see some things. You begin to get to know God better. And today I want us to take a look at a text uh, that we read from this week. Uh, it's actually found over in Numbers chapters 11 and 12. And uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today is just through the reading of the Word of God, some things we discover about Him. I'm going to talk to you this morning about some things that God loves and some things that God hates. And uh, it's just very informative if you don't know about these things. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And let me give you a little background on the, the text that we'll be reading today. Um, Moses has, by the grace and the power of God, led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And they're in the very, very early stages of their time together in this journey to the promised land. Uh, if you, if, I can't remember if it's this week's readings or next week's reading because I'm always reading a week ahead of you guys. But it, it uh, says that really it was only a, an 11-day journey. An 11-day journey <laughs> ended up taking 40 years. Sometimes I feel like my life is that way to you. <laughs> should be so easy, but it takes 40 years to get there. Uh, but this was early on in the journey. And uh, God had, had, had uh, 
already begun to take care of them. You know, they were concerned about how in the world uh, they would they would eat and how the how in the world they would survive out in that wilderness. And the truth is, God was going to take care of them. And do you remember how He was feeding them? You remember the story of the manna that they that they would get every day, the manna they would get every day. And uh, so they had been out there for a while, uh, really probably as, as, as long as a couple of years. And uh, they'd not gotten to the point yet where they refused to go into the promised land. Uh, that's in next week's reading. But they'd been out there a couple of years, and they started griping and complaining. And, uh, in fact, they did a lot of that. They just did a lot of that. God's griping and complaining people. And what I want to talk to you about today is, is just how does God look at that? How does he deal with that? And there's a couple of things that you may be surprised about as we go through this. But I'm going to uh, read a few verses in, in chapter 11 and then just uh, four or five or six verses in chapter 12. And um, so we're going to kind of skip through this because there's uh, especially chapter 11 is pretty long. But verse 1 in chapter 11 says, Soon the people began to complain about their hardships. I want you to listen to this next few words. And the Lord heard everything they said. Do you think your rotten attitude escapes the notice of God? <laughs> I had to ask myself that question too. The Lord heard everything they said, then the Lord's anger blazed against them. He sent a fire of rage among them. He destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Uh, listen, God is good. Uh, I love the song this morning. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. But don't you think for a moment that he's not dangerous, okay? He's holy. And so... He responded to that. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Down in verse, uh, verse 10, um, they're griping, by the way, about the manna. They want, they're wanting some meat. And they start saying, you know, things were so good for us when we were back in Egypt. How quickly we forget, right? They were slaves. They were under tremendous oppression. But they're complaining about the food, of all things. Uh, I know a lot of folks that just complain about the food. I'm just happy to get it. You know what I mean? And as much of it as I can get. But they're complaining about the food and they're saying, we are sick and tired of this manna. By the way, uh, they would exist on that manna for the next 40 years. I expect First of all, it sounded like it didn't taste all that bad. I mean, they would grind it up. They'd make it into pastries. I love pastries. You like pastries? I love them, man. Uh, made with uh, olive oil, the finest oil. It sounds like it was really pretty tasty. And don't you know that it was probably the most nutritious food they could possibly be eating for their bodies? Uh, God provided that for them. But they're, they're sick of it. They're sick of the monotony of just having the same thing every day. And look, I, I get that. I went to college too and um, ate in the college cafeteria. It kind of gets old, doesn't it? But God was providing for them. 
And they start complaining and griping. They say, we want meat. We want some meat. And uh, then they start griping at Moses. Moses, by the way, I've said this to you a million. He's my hero. He's the, he should be the hero of every pastor on the planet because, my goodness, he had a flock of a couple of million people. <laughs> and uh, constantly griping and complaining and accusing him and, and uh, uh, questioning his motives and all those kinds of things. So here, here's Moses, and, and he says, Moses heard all the families standing in their doorways uh, of their tents whining. I love the fact that the New Living Translation uses that word because that is what it was. They were just whining. And the Lord became extremely angry, and Moses was very aggravated. And listen to this. Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Can you just relate to that? Moses is talking to God and saying, God, why in the world are you doing this to me? Verse 12, did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why? Why did you tell me to carry them all in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them uh, to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining and saying to me, give us meat to eat. And I, I can't carry these people by myself. The load is too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. You ever feel like that? Lord, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. I love that. I, I love that. Well, uh, God says, okay, Moses, I'm, not, this is, I'm just going to talk you through the rest of this chapter. He says, okay, look, I get it. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and choose 70 elders. And uh, I'll put some of your spirit on them, really kind of a cool part of the story. They will help you bear the burden of these people. And then he said, and then I'm going to give these whiny, complaining people some meat to eat. Moses said, Lord, you know what? I mean, how in the world are you going to do that? Great day. We've got 600,000 fighting men not including the, the, the younger uh, children, not including the older people, not including the, the women and the children. we got a couple of million people out here. You're going to feed them all meat? And uh, God said, Moses, do, do, you don't think I can do that? And boy, God showed him. And what he does is he sends quail into the camp. You ever been quail hunting? Uh, it's really a lot of fun if you've got great dogs and that kind of thing. But you just don't see them everywhere. Let me tell you, these quail, they were coming in. They were a mile in each direction. And um, they were flying like three feet off the ground. All the people had to do was just grab them. And they did. And you know what God said? He said, I'm going to give these people meat, not just for a week, not just for a few days. They're going to have to eat it for a whole month. They're going to eat it till they're absolutely sick and tired of it. And you know that's what happened. He said, even as they had the 
the meat between their teeth, God became very outdone with them. And he sent a plague. And, and, and many people died. Um, God is good, but he's not safe. You understand that? Um, over in verse 12, chapter 12, we pick up with, and while they were at Hazroth, Miriam and Aaron, these were the brother, this was the brother and sister of Moses. Uh, they criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. So Moses is getting criticized by the congregation, but now his staff is con- uh, criticizing him. And they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hadn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Oh, there, there it is again. You see that? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble. More humble than any person on earth. Do you want to know the secret of his greatness? That's it right there. More humble than any person on earth. Down in verse, uh, so, so God calls uh, Miriam and Aaron to the tabernacle. He said, we're going to have a meeting about this. And uh, that's never good when God calls you in on the carpet, okay? And verse 6 says, um, well, let me find it. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. Is if, if there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak them to them in dreams. But listen to this. Not, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, all my people, he is the one I trust. You ever thought about that? You know, you've been asked a million times, do you trust God? It's a good question. Let me give you another question today. Can God trust you? God said, he is the one that I trust. I speak to him face to face, literally mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. This is what he literally says. He says, he sees my form. I'm speaking to him mouth to mouth, and he sees my form. If there were any other prophet, I would speak to him in visions and dreams, but not Moses. And then he says, um, so why are you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? And uh, when the Lord departed that tabernacle, Miriam's sister looks down and her skin is totally white. She's got leprosy. And Aaron goes to Moses and he said, oh, please forgive us. Please forgive us. Ask the Lord to heal her. And, and Moses, the humble man that he is, goes to the Lord and says, please heal her. And God says, you know what? When you're unclean, at least you have to be is outside the camp for seven days. Put her outside the camp for seven days. And then I'll heal her and bring her back. 
And that's what he did. But the thing I love about this story, and really so much of the Bible, it's so rich. The Old Testament is so rich. We're afraid for some reason to look at the Old Testament and study from it. It It's so rich. There's some things that that I think we can discover, uh, some implications from this story that I have just read to you that that help us to understand God a little bit better. So what I want to do, first of all, is, is I want to look at at uh, some things that are some attitudes that God hates for his people to exhibit, okay? And so let's take a look at those. Attitudes God hates in his people, and the first one is this, whining and complaining. Do you know God hates whining? Did you know that? Especially when you're whining and complaining about him. <laughs> uh Whining and complaining. You know what? I think it may be one of, the, one of my most uh, godlike features. I hate whining. I hate it. You ask my family. I hate it. I hate for people to whine. I, I even hated it when, when our dog was alive. He'd always do you know, that little whiny. I hated it. I hate whining, uh, probably to a fault, but I, I absolutely hate whining. Now, get this. It doesn't say he hates the whiners, Okay. You get that? He doesn't hate the whiners. Great day. You know what? I love my grandchildren. I love them. But, you know, I hate it when they whine, okay? <laughs> I send them home to mom and daddy. Go home to your mama or your daddy. I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like the way you're treating me. It's not fair. All that kind of stuff. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. God hates whiners. He hates no, he hates whining. He doesn't hate the whiner, but he hates the whining, let me tell you. And the complaining. And um, so you just need to know that. And by the way, let me tell you what is at the root of this whining, okay? Because we see it in our culture, we see it in our churches, we see it in our families. Let me tell you, to, to me, the thing that is right at the root of a of a whiny person <laughs> is that. Is, is, is a spirit of ingratitude, not grateful. God was providing everything they needed, and really it was pretty good. He was providing everything they needed, but they weren't grateful for it. They weren't thankful for it. And I think it's really at the root of a lot of the problems that people have with God and the problems they have in life. They just got to be ungrateful. It's like you owe it to me. God doesn't owe you anything. He didn't owe these people anything. And yet he was providing for them and he had saved them and he had miraculously taken care of them and yet they were so ungrateful. Do you know anybody who's ungrateful? Just not thankful, not grateful. And, and, and ingratitude lives, leads to discontent, okay? So when, you, when you're not thankful, being thankful is really important. When you're not thankful, you, you will become discontented. And all of a sudden, everything, uh, you know, I just can't be happy with what I've got. I want something different. I want more. And when people are ungrateful and discontented, you know what they do? They whine. Let me tell you something that's a whole lot uglier than 
than uh, than a little kid who's whining. It's an adult who's whining. Oh, I just don't understand why God is doing this to me. My life is so hard. God is so unfair. Blah, blah, all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, man, God hates that. Can I tell you that? That's one of the things we can discover about him. God hates whining, and he hates a complaining spirit. Does not please him at all. He also hates disloyalty to his chosen leaders. And... Uh, now, and I'm talking about the spiritual leaders, okay? Disloyalty to his chosen leaders. I'm not trying to say this to uh, get y'all to be loyal to me, okay? Uh, because this is one thing that, that I've learned, I'm, I'm sure you've learned. Just because a person is a leader, spiritual leader, doesn't mean that he is chosen by God to be a spiritual leader, okay? Y'all get that? But there's some things that you can look at to see if, if, if this person has the hand of God on him or her. And when you see that, even if this, this person maybe does some things, makes some, make some decisions that you don't agree with or whatever, God expects you and me to be loyal. Moses, my goodness, qualified in spades, wasn't he? the most humble man on the face of the earth, a man that God himself trusted, a man that, uh, that, that God would speak to mouth to mouth, face to face, and that he literally would see the form of God. Nobody else did, but Moses did. And yet, even his staff complained about him, and the people complained against him. And the burden was so great on him. And God was not happy with that. Okay? Something to think about. One of the attitudes that God does not like to be uh, evident in the lives of his people. And then finally, it's just an attitude of unbelief. An attitude of unbelief. Really kind of the foundation of all of this. I don't believe God. I don't trust him. I may say I do. I may talk the talk but I don't walk the walk you know what the Bible says it says what it is improbable that you'll please God without faith that's not what it says is it do you know what it says over in Hebrews it's impossible without faith it is impossible to please God and we who call ourselves the people of God if we're not trusting him and risking with him and walking with him in faith to areas that are scary and, 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 and different and, and challenging and all of those things. He's not going to be pleased with us. So those are some attitudes that God hates. What about some attitude that God loves? Let's, let's get to the happy side of this, okay? Well, he loves honesty in prayer. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Did you notice how angry God got with the, 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 the children of Israel when they were complaining and they were griping? I mean, uh, he's not safe, and they found that out. But what about Moses when Moses began to talk to God? And by the way, have you ever heard this old saying, you're not supposed to question God? Have you ever heard that? Would you just throw that out? of, of, of your, your memory bank or at least throw it out of, of anything that is, 
that is true because it's not true. God is not put off when his people question him. I think three or four times in that, that particular text there, Moses said, my God, why? Why are you doing this to me? If you're going to treat me like this, you may as well just go ahead and kill me. I mean, why? But did you notice that God didn't get mad at Moses? What was the difference? I think it had everything to do with the relationship that Moses had with God. For one thing, this is really important. For one thing, when Moses became agitated, aggravated with life, and even aggravated with God. Do you ever get aggravated with God? Be honest with me, you do, okay? When he get, got ag- aggravated, you know what he did? He went to God with it. Don't turn away from God in your anger. Turn to him with your anger. That's what people do who are in healthy relationships. Turn to God. The people weren't turning to God. You know what they were doing? They were talking about God. Do you see the difference? Uh, this is what I tell people uh, at Highland Colony all the time. If you've got an issue with something I'm doing or whatever, that's okay. Come talk to me about it. Don't talk about me. Talk to me. You see the difference? Huge difference. And uh, God welcomes that, by the way. God welcomes that, by the way. That does not put God off at all. I've told people before in counseling, look, you're mad at God. And they'll always tell me, oh, no, 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 I'm not mad at God. I said, yes, you are. You're mad at God. Well, I'm afraid that if I told him I was mad at him, he might hurt me. I said, don't you think he knows? Of course he knows. So this is what I tell him. Go, go, uh, go to a room in your house, close the door, get all alone, and just tell him what you're thinking. Moses did that, didn't he? And, and, and I've had people do that with amazing results. People who've said, I haven't, I haven't felt like I've been able to talk to God in months, and now I'm so close to him. It's not because God gave them any answers, but they're communicating again. Honesty and prayer, communication. Listen, God loves that. He loves that attitude in his people. He's not put off by that. Be honest with God. Be honest with God about what's going on in your life, about the challenges that you're having, about what you do and don't understand about what God is doing. You may not get answers to the whys, but you know what? You'll get something a whole lot better. You'll get him. (laughs) God loves humility. Absolutely loves humility. If, If there should be a defining characteristic of the people of God, it should be the characteristic of humility. Moses, the most humble man on earth. Look, only one person at any particular time can have that uh, title, right? By the way, humility is not walking around with your shoulders all slumped over and say, oh, I'm just no, no good. And all no, I got a friend that says, that's not humility. That's just bad posture, you know? Humility is really understanding who God is, understanding who you are. And seeing yourself in that way, and, and he, was, he was humble. He also had a heart of gratitude. 
We talked about that earlier. Wow. We need to cultivate that, don't we? God loves that in his people. He loves us to be, to, 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 to be thankful. And don't we have a lot to be thankful for? My goodness, don't we have a lot to be thankful for? Uh, I learned this from Martha, actually. But she, she, she started making this list every day. She'd add to the list things she was thankful for. It, it, it really does, if you get very intentional about that, it will transform the way you think. And there's so many things we're thankful for. If you thank the Lord today that you got air to breathe, you know, without that, we, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Have you, have you thanked the Lord today that, 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 that you can see and hear? And there are a lot of people who can't. Have you thanked the Lord for that today? Have you thanked the Lord for the fact that you do have bread on your table? And by the way, which goes to the very next thing of contentment. You know what the Bible says? You know what? If you have food on your table, if you have clothes on your back, if you have a roof over your head, be content. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have ambition to get better. and None of that, but it means be content with where you are right now. That is a, that's an attitude that really, really pleases the Lord. It's an attitude of contentment. Loyalty to his leaders. That's one thing that God loves in his people, for his people to be loyal to their leaders. None of our leaders are perfect. But it's a leader that if it's a leader that God has placed over you, be loyal. And then God loves faith in his people. He absolutely loves it when we trust him. And listen, the more you trust him and the bigger you trust him, the more it pleases him. I want to ask you something this morning. Are you believing God for something in your life right now that is absolutely, apart from God, impossible? Maybe you need to ask yourself that question because that's where God's people need to be living, right on the edge of faith and belief and trust. These are things that God loves in his people. So... We've taken a look at some of these things. Isn't it, isn't it good to, to just go through the Word of God and just begin to say, you know what, now I think I, I know God a little bit better. I think I know Him a little more intimately. I, need, I think I understand Him just a little bit better, and God wants you to know Him. You know what He wants? He wants you, to, you and me to know Him like Moses knew Him. That intimately. Where he can say of you and where he can say of me, you know what, I, I trust her. I trust her. She trusts me and I trust her. Isn't that cool? Where, where God can, can say of, a, uh, of us, you know what, I'm revealing myself to her or to him in a way that not many people get to see because of the fact that she loves me like she does and she's trustworthy. And because I trust her, I trust him, and I'm revealing myself in ways other people don't get to see. Moses got to see the very form of God. God spoke to him face to face. And God wants to have that kind of intimate relationship 
with you and with me. And so I'll ask you again, is there anybody in this world that you really wished you knew a whole lot better? Why don't we decide we want to get to know God better? We want to know him better. And you know how you do it? The only way you'll know anybody better is by spending some time with them. And just get into the word of God. I'm amazed at, at, at Christians. I'm amazed at people who come to church week in and week out. And other than on Sunday, they never even take a look at the Bible. It's our life. It's the very food that sustains us. And you can't know God apart from it. But when you'll open its pages and just open yourself up to be taught by the Spirit of God as you read, you'll get to know him better. And let me tell you, it's a great trip. And it's, 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 it's a journey that, that won't end until we go to be with him. I hope I never stop learning. How about you? I hope I never stop growing in my knowledge, but not just my knowledge, but my relationship to him. How about you? That's the kind of people that God wants you and me to be. So here's our bottom line for this morning. A mature follower of Jesus Christ will have an honest relationship with God that exhibits the qualities of humility, gratitude, contentment, obedience, and trust. Kind of a long list there. By the way, uh, you have that written. Is that written out in the worship folder? I don't know if it is. I can't remember if it is or not. But I added the word gratitude in there, by the way. So it's not in the worship folder, but it's there. Because that's really important. The question is, what do you do with a um, what do you do with a message like this? What do you do with it? Well, I hope that you'll respond to it. I hope that you'll respond to what God has said to you today. Not what I've said, but what God has said to you in your spirit and your heart today. And one way we can respond is by responding by what's on the back of your connection card. If you'll take that out and just take a look at it. On the back of that card, it says, uh, I will examine my relationship with God by the markers of honesty, humility, uh, add gratitude there, contentment, obedience, and trust. Where am I on those things with God? Where am I? Can you just talk to God honestly about where you are, what you're thinking? If you're happy, if you're sad, if you're mad, can you talk to God really honestly about that? Uh, that's huge to God. And then humility, gratitude, contentment, obedience, and trust. Uh, that's something I want to encourage you to do this week. And maybe you can do uh, like, uh, like Martha has taught me, and uh, I haven't been real good at it, but writing down something every day that you're thankful for, just a list of thanksgiving, that'll really transform 
your day and eventually your life. Be thankful every day. So I want to encourage you to do that today as followers of Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, when I start talking about knowing God, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but you want to know him. And let me tell you, God knows you, he loves you, and he wants you to know him as well. And the way you get to know him is, is, is through the only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. It's through receiving Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. And you know what? When you do that, the Spirit of God comes to live inside you. You start to get to know God. You start, you start the journey. And if you'd like to know more about that, there's a place on the back there that says, please contact me about becoming a follower of Jesus. And uh, we'll get in touch with you this week, not to harass you, but just try to help you with that. So if you'd like to check that, I want to encourage you to do that as well. I'm going to ask you to stand with me where you are. And I want us to respond to God this morning. Respond to what he's saying to your life. Our altars will be open for those who want to come and pray. And others will come and pray with you. Or you can just respond to God right where you are. But let's respond to him, okay? Father, thank you so much for helping us to know you better today. Thank you for helping us to know uh, your heart better today. Lord, uh, many of us in the room have to just be honest and say, you know what? I'm a whiner and a complainer. And Lord, I know that does not please you. Forgive me for my ingratitude, my discontentment. And Lord, today, I just want to say I love you. I will be content. I will be grateful. Maybe some of us need to say that. But Lord, uh, help us today to see the power of the Word of God in getting to know you. And to make some commitments about being in the Word of God on a daily basis. I pray for those in the room today who would have to honestly say, you know what? I've heard a lot about God, but I don't know God. But I want to. Lord, would you draw them to yourself? In Jesus' name, amen.